You can turn your Bible this morning to Luke chapter 2. I don't know of any other place to turn on Christmas Day than Luke 2. We looked at the first eight verses of uh, this chapter last night in our Christmas Eve service, and we're going to look at the remaining portion of this chapter this morning. Luke chapter 2, we'll be reading verses 8 through 20. As I read, remember this is the word of the living God. In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly... There appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry. And they found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God. For all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. And that is God's word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the beauty of the story. Father, I pray that our familiarity with it and our understanding of its beauty would not diminish the power of what we've just read. The good news of the gospel that a Savior has been born, that the Lord Jesus Christ has come into the world, God made flesh, to be the Savior of His people. Father, I pray your blessing upon our time now in this portion of your word and ask that you would richly bless it and us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today is Christmas Day. I don't know of any day of the year more anticipated than today. You know, we anticipate it for different reasons. Children anticipate it, don't they? Your children been excited about Christmas? Anticipating the day, looking forward to it. I'm certain that the merchants look forward to it. My goodness, don't they start earlier and earlier every year? We ought to have a law. That you can't start putting out the Christmas stuff at least till the World Series is over. But earlier and earlier, people begin to anticipate Christmas for different reasons. We 
we decorate, we celebrate, we have parties and programs, all in anticipation of today. But after all the extended anticipation, you know, it doesn't take long for Christmas to be over, does it? Think about your house. Maybe you had gifts under the tree, lots of gifts under the tree. Well, now they're all opened. Maybe there's papers and ribbons strewn everywhere. Probably been planning a, a big meal for today. Some of it's probably in the oven now. Maybe some of you are going to be watching your clocks, hoping the preacher doesn't go too long. To, the turkey won't get too dry. But you know, you'll go home and you'll eat, and then all you have is a bunch of dirty dishes that need to be washed. What is it that makes Christmas so special? Is it the gifts? The pretty bows, the wrappings? Is it the food and the traditions? Is it the festivities and the parties? Think about it. If that's really all there is to Christmas, then you haven't had much to anticipate at all. If when the things that you planned for today are over and Christmas is just kind of done, and all you're left with is this kind of empty feeling. Asking yourself, is that all there is to it? Then Christmas hasn't meant very much to you at all. And that's what I've tried to stress again during this Christmas season, is that there's so much more to Christmas than that. That's my job. My job is to, to tell you that there's so much more to celebrating Christmas than all these trappings that we've attached to it. This is what Christmas is about. Christmas is about the Lord Jesus Christ, His birth, His death, His resurrection, His return, and the worship, the worship of the living Christ. This Christmas season, it's always a challenge for preachers to come up with some sort of theme for Christmas to use the same text in different ways. And I've tried to present to you this Christmas what I've called gospel lessons. We looked at individuals, significant individuals in the Christmas story, and I've tried to draw a gospel lesson each Lord's Day so you can take home with you and just to rehearse. And uh, we, we began looking at at Mary and the angels visit to Mary and from her we saw a gospel lesson of submission where she said to the angel be it done to me according to your will then we looked at Joseph and when the, the gospel lesson from Joseph was a lesson of obedience the angel told him to go ahead and do the hard thing take Mary as his wife regardless of what social outcry there might be the Bible says that Joseph did exactly as the angel told him to do. Last Sunday, Mason preached from Philippians 2. The gospel lesson there was from Jesus. It's a lesson of humility. That he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. 
taking the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men. Last night, we looked at, the, at Caesar Augustus. And the gospel lesson there was a lesson of providence. How God used this pagan Roman ruler to announce this census to be taken that everyone should go to the home of their fathers to be counted so that Mary and Joseph had to go to Bethlehem, the appointed place for the birth of Christ, in just the right time. This morning, one more gospel lesson before we close out the Christmas season. And it's a gospel lesson from the shepherds that we read about just a moment ago. And the gospel lesson this morning is that of worship. What an appropriate lesson for today. You know, before Joseph had the opportunity to go out and tell about the birth of this child, that news was announced by someone else. The news was announced by an angel. You know, as I said a few weeks ago, it's, it's fascinating, really, to see all the activity of the angels in and around the birth of Christ. More active, I think, during that particular time of biblical history than any other time. The angel again appeared to, to Mary to tell her that she was the appointed one, the chosen one, to be the mother of the Son of God. The angel appeared to Zacharias before that to tell him that he would be the father of John the Baptist. Then an angel appeared to Joseph to tell him again not to be afraid to go ahead and take Mary as his wife. And now an angel, we assume the same angel, Gabriel, appears to these shepherds to announce to them the birth of Christ. An angel. But more interesting that who it was that made the announcement was those to whom the announcement was made. The announcement of the birth of Christ, the very first announcement of the good news was given to shepherds. Not to religious authorities, not to the scribes and the Pharisees, not to those in political authority, not to Caesar Augustus, not to Herod, not to Quirinius, not to anyone of high social standing or great influence. Instead, it was given to this group of shepherds who were out in the fields tending their flocks nearby. Shepherds. Shepherds. As we've seen before, shepherds were not highly regarded. They were basically social outcasts. To be, a, to be a shepherd was not the greatest of occupations. You know, even in, in, in David's family, David was a shepherd. And yet he was the youngest of the children. Well, let David go tend to the flock. Isn't it interesting that that, that, that that imagery is used for God? The Lord is our our shepherd. So many times in, in the Bible we see this reflection of, of the humility of, 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 of our Father and, and of, of Christ. You know, Jesus even knelt down and, and washed the feet of his disciples. The, the Lord is our shepherd. Sometimes he takes the, the lowest places and exalts them. To give us the greatest blessing. But anyway, this announcement comes to these shepherds. 
And you can imagine, I'm sure, how frightened they must have been. Uh, how in the middle of the night, here they are, tending their sheep. Some of the shepherds, of course, they, they worked in shifts, and some had to take the night shift. And were still awake. It was pitch dark. Probably the only light came from whatever stars were out or whatever light was coming from the moon that evening. It was deathly quiet. The only sound was whatever night insects or animals were making some noise. And there in the stillness of the night, the brightness of the glory of God appeared to these shepherds in the fields. The angel appeared and and it was the very glory of God that overwhelmed them. The text tells us in the verse 9 that they were terribly frightened. An angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. I would say they were. They were scared to death. Don't miss it. Every time in the Bible where someone comes in the presence of God or an angel from God, a representative of God, that is their immediate reaction. They fall on their face. They're terrified. That's why the Bible says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. That's why we need a Savior. That's why we need a mediator. These shepherds were terrified. But as always, the first words of the angel were, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. For I don't come to bring bad news. I come to bring good news. And the news the angel brought was the best news, folks. It's the best news ever given. Unto you, the text tells us, is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That is the good news, isn't it? Unto you is born a Savior. If you want a summation of the gospel, if you want a summation of the good news, that's it. That's what the angel said. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy. And this is it. This is it. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Now, Jesus did many things, He was a great teacher. He was a great humanitarian. He was a great benefactor and helper of the needy and the poor. That's not why Jesus came. Jesus came to save. Many times people look to Jesus to help them with their temporal problems. To help them get through a difficult period in their lives to overcome some obstacle they're facing to, to, to have victory over some habit they can't conquer to give them purpose in their life that seems to have no purpose at all 
Now, Jesus may do some of that as a byproduct of salvation. But folks, that's not why Jesus came. Jesus didn't come just to help you in your temporal circumstance. Jesus came to save you from your sin. Did you hear me? Jesus came to save you from your sin. You can't extract the birth of Christ from the reality of sin. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came because you and I had a sin problem. It's our greatest problem. And Jesus came to solve it. That's why Jesus came. I, I quoted last night from Paul, what Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 1. It is a trustworthy statement given full acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. That is the message of the gospel. That's the message we proclaim here. And God have mercy on us if we don't proclaim it. If we don't tell it. Not just here, but out there and around the world. That's why we support missionaries. We want people to go and to tell the good news that there is a Savior. There is a world lost in sin that needs a Savior. Jesus came to save that was the good news the angel brought to the shepherds. And that's the good news that we still proclaim today. But I want you to see is what the shepherds did with that good news. The angel told them that there would be a sign for them. Verse 12. This will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And when the angel left, they said, let's go. And they went. And they found it just as the angel had said. They came in a hurry, verse 16. Found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as it lay in a manger. It was just as the angel had said they found the Savior. And they told it to others and others wondered at it, at this good news that the shepherds told. But as we close, I want you to notice in particular verse 20 where it says the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. What did the shepherds do when they saw Jesus? They glorified and praised God. Let's just say it. They worshipped. They worshipped. Folks, if you want some meaning to Christmas... Christmas is a revisiting of the birth of the Savior. It is a reminder to us of why we do this every Lord's Day. It's because there is a Savior. Because there is one who saves us from our sins. And there is one who is worthy of all of our worship and all of our praise. That was the immediate response of the shepherds. 
they glorified and praised God because He had sent a Savior. And that's the heart of our worship too, isn't it? It's interesting. That's the same thing the angels had done. I skipped over it and you might have scratched your head and said, why is he skipping these verses? I'm coming back to them. Verses 13 and 14. Where the one angel was joined by a whole host of angels. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. And what were they doing? Praising God. Let's say it. They were worshiping. Praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom He is pleased. If Christmas does anything for us, it ought to drive us to the importance again of God centered, Christ focused worship. Worship is all about Him. There wasn't anything about Mary and Joseph, really. One thing really about the shepherds. Shepherds didn't say, boy, what a great thing happened to us. Aren't we special? We got the good news first. It was all about God and the greatness of His gift and the gift of a Savior. So on this Christmas day, let's be thankful that we have a God to worship. And we have more than enough reason to worship Him. Of all the many things God has done for us, and there are too many to count, greatest blessing and the greatest gift is this one. The Lord Jesus Christ, His Son, our Savior. Just a personal note. I love worship here. I love worship with you. I love worship at North Pole. And I love it because we're here for Him. We're here for Christ. And because of Him. And we're here to worship God because of all that He is and all that He's done for us. Look, folks, I see it on your faces. I hear it in your voices. And as your pastor, I'm so thankful for it. So on this Christmas Day, Let's be thankful that we can worship. And as a new year looms, let's commit ourselves to even more intimate, more blessed, more Christ-centered, God-honoring worship every Lord's Day. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for the richness of your word and the blessing it is to us. And we thank you for this, this wonderful Christmas story. The, the wonder and the glory of the birth of the Christ. We thank you that these shepherds received that good news with joy. They went and found the Lord Jesus. 
and they worshiped you because of it. May we do the same. May we follow in their stead. May we glorify and praise you for all you have done for us. We ask it in your name. In Jesus' name, amen.